Hello, this is Marc Ambert speaking, Chief Editor of the European Respiratory Journal. Today, it is my pleasure to discuss the conclusions of an important ERS task force chaired by Professor Aline Morris, published in the November issue of the journal. Two articles and one editorial are available this month in the journal. The first one, by Aline Morris and colleagues, is entitled Expert Opinion on the Cough Hypersensitivity Syndrome in Respiratory Medicine. The second one is entitled A Worldwide Survey of Chronic Cough, a Manifestation of Enhanced Somatosensory Response. And there is a nice editorial by Roger Escamilla from Toulouse and Nicolas Roche from Paris entitled Cough Hypersensitivity Syndrome Towards a New Approach to Chronic Cough. It is my privilege today to discuss these articles uh, with uh, Professor Morris, Head of uh, Cardiovascular and Respiratory Studies at the University of Hull in the United Kingdom. Hello, Aline. Thanks for being with us today. It's a pleasure, Mark. Thank you. So let's go uh, to the question. Your, your task force is really focusing on a very important topic for uh, pulmonologists. And I would like you to explain how the task force obtained the views of the key opinion leaders on the subject of the cough. Well, we in the cough world have realized that the previous paradigm of looking at cough, i.e. trying to find out the cause of the cough, the disease which was causing the cough, was probably incorrect uh, because people could be ascribed to asthma, but it wasn't really a typical asthma, and they, some of them had reflux, but it wasn't a typical heartburn-type reflux, and some of them had rhinitis or post-nasal drip syndrome, if you're an American. And then some people didn't fit into any of these boxes, so they were called idiopathic cough. And the idea that cough was actually due to a hypersensitivity of the afferent nerves arose, and we called that cough hypersensitivity. But we wanted to find out how uh, the rest of the respiratory community viewed this idea, um, because to some it's quite controversial. So um, we formed a task force, thanks to the ERS, and we did a comprehensive review of the literature and obtained uh, from that a series of key questions which we thought were important to clinicians and constructed a questionnaire and went out and either asked or by email uh, questioned a group of um, key opinion leaders from around the globe, really, concentrating on Europe, obviously, but uh, we had Americans and Chinese folk as well. And we asked them about cough hypersensitivity, its etiology, uh, treatment, and the consequences to the patient. Because, of course, we all, know, we all practicing clinicians know that chronic cough is one of the, the big bugbears of our speciality. And um, much to my surprise, uh, there was a very high level, uh, in fact, all but one agreed with us that the uh, way to look at cough was via cough hypersensitivity rather than trying to delve into the the disease which was causing the cough. Thank you. So um, as a clinician, uh, how can an understanding of cough hypersensitivity syndrome help me? 
when I see a patient uh, with cough in my cough clinic, most of them have been round to see many different clinicians, several different doctors. In fact, we did an audit and they've actually seen about six other doctors beforehand before they came to the cough clinic. That's an average. And what they almost universally say is that the, the doctor talking to them sort of shrugs his shoulders and says, well, I don't know what's wrong. Uh, and in fact, the, the characteristic history of the patient is that they have this hypersensitivity. Uh, and if you explain to them that what they've got is a hypersensitivity of the afferent nerves uh, of the uh, throat and uh, upper airways, leading to uh, an extreme uh, sensitivity to external stimuli such as uh, smoke and perfumes and bleaches, uh, and also triggered by various physiological events such as eating and talking, then they actually understand that you understand what's wrong with them. And frequently, they, you're the first person who's actually understood what I'm talking about, doctor. So if you understand the cough hypersensitivity syndrome, even though we perhaps haven't got very good treatment, you're able to give the patient a label, which they find very useful. You're able to explain to them that it's an extremely common thing. We just sent to the ERJ uh, a paper and looking around the world at the uh, incidence of this, and it's about 10% in the general population have this uh, cough hypersensitivity. So an understanding that it's a hypersensitivity of the nerves and it's not all in their head. They're frequently sent off to psychologists, for example, these poor people. So the explanation given to the patient that they actually have a, a, a recognized illness and the the fact that this cough hypersensitivity syndrome is recognized by our key opinion leaders around the, uh, around the globe is very helpful to the patient. They're not alone. They don't feel as though they're left by themselves. Yeah, I think that's most interesting and useful for uh, the clinician, for the communication with the patients indeed. Uh, can you tell me why do women cough more than men? Yes, that's been an observation for a number of years. So if you look at... Um, attending the cough clinic in our survey which is uh, the second paper you mentioned mark um, there are uh, that's 10,000 patients attending cough clinics around the world and the typical patient is a middle-aged woman so a middle-aged women attend twice as often as men to a cough clinic if we do cough challenge with capsaicin or citric acid on uh, patients and in normal ladies, they cough twice as much as men. And even if you give people ACE inhibitors, which provoke a cough, then twice as many women develop a cough as men. And so we asked Stuart Mazzoni from Australia, who does fMRI uh, scanning, to look at his normal subjects, who he challenges with capsaicin at a subtussive dose, and the women felt the urge to cough at a lower dose. And when they looked at the brain imaging, the somatosensory cortex in the women was twice as big as that in the men. So the cough center, if you like, in the somatosensory cortex in women is twice the size of that in men. So women are predisposed to cough more because they have a larger cough center. Uh, that's the the observation, my hypothesis, is that this is to protect women against the aspiration and because we really, our cough reflex is there because it's to prevent us from aspirating and women are very prone to aspiration 
perhaps lethally during pregnancy. So women have in puberty uh, developed a hypersensitivity due to an enlargement of their cough center, uh, which we can see by fMRI. Interestingly, uh, girls and boys cough the same, so it's something that comes on in puberty. Thank you. That's very, uh, very interesting uh, from a descriptive uh, analysis to a very uh, uh, important uh, hypothesis. So uh, thanks for sharing that with us. I would like to know uh, if you could uh, outline how you manage a patient presenting with chronic cough in your own specialist cough clinic. Okay, well, today, in fact, is our cough clinic, and we will have 10 new patients coming to the clinic and they will be routinely assessed by, first of all, we've got to have a chest x-ray. So you shouldn't really manage a patient without uh, excluding a tumor. Um, in fact, the, the father of uh, a distinguished colleague of ours um, was sent to me by his son. And uh, only I, I could have bypassed the routine and not sent him for an x-ray, just had chatted to him in my office. But I thought, no, we'll put him through the routine. And there was the lung cancer hiding behind the heart. So you can get extremely embarrassing situations if you don't follow a routine. And this routine is to have a, a normal chest x-ray, uh, excluding other uh, common causes of cough. In fact, it's relatively rare to find an abnormality, but nonetheless, you, you have to do it. So a chest x-ray, and then they all have an assessment to try and exclude eosinophilic disease, because about 10% of the patients with chronic cough have an eosinophilic reaction in their lung. And this is a very important therapeutically, because these are the people who respond to inhaled steroids, and particularly uh, leukotriene antagonists as well. Um, so I use the exhaled NO. Other people um, who manage chronic cough look at the blood eosinophil level. And finally, if you're in a specialist center, you can use induced sputum. But that's quite a technically challenging test to do. And if you're seeing a large number, as we do, of people with chronic cough, then uh, I, I use the exhaled NO as my screening tool. So if you've got a high exhaled NO, it indicates eosinophilic inflammation, and that directs your therapy towards the, if you like, asthma side rather than other causes of this inflammation going on in the lung. So having done that, they will all receive a questionnaire, and I use my own developed questionnaire called HARC. It's available on on a website called issc.info, and it's in uh, about 10 different European languages. Um, and it's a series of questions trying to uh, extract the etiology of the chronic cough. And most, in my uh, experience, have, particularly if it's not, there's no obvious cause of the cough, most of them have a, a gaseous, non-acid reflux as the underlying etiology. And then you inhale that, and that causes the non-eosinophilic inflammation mostly. Thank you. So that's a very uh, important teaching point. Uh, you have a systematic assessment of, uh, of these patients and uh, they should not be outside the specific uh, assessment. So never forget the chest x-ray. Uh, always consider eosinophilic inflammation and reflux, uh, etc. That's important. So at the end of the day, you have some patients who still cough a lot despite a nice assessment. And really, these patients are challenging. We, 
we really desperately need a new uh, treatment option in this area. Um, is there any hope uh, for the future? The standard treatments for this non-acid reflux we try in, I, I, what I do is I, I prescribe metoclopramide to start off with and then domperidone and uh, baclofen tightens up the lower esophageal sphincter and the miracle drug of respiratory medicine azithromycin I think mainly works on the reflux and aspiration the non-acid reflux because it's an agonist of motilin so once we've gone through these standard treatments um, well actually 9 out of 10 people do get better with one of these these agents not forgetting morphine which can at low dose suppress the cough reflex extremely well uh, in about a third of patients so having done our standard therapeutic treatments, we're, we're now looking at novel treatments. Um, we had thought that the, the antagonists of the TRIP receptors, TRIP-V1 and TRIP-A1, were going to be uh, the way forward. But I must say that the trials uh, so far to date have been rather disappointing. What is very exciting is a new compound called AF219, which is um, a antagonist of ATP receptors, P2X3 receptors, and these, the inflammation causes release of ATP and it affects the nerves through this P2X3 receptor causing the hypersensitivity and preliminary uh, results from uh, Manchester show that there is uh, a very highly effective suppressant of the hypersensitivity uh, using this agent. And we're just about to embark uh, on a multinational, multi-center study of this agent. So I think in the near future, we will have agents which specifically target the hypersensitivity. The holy grail of cough research is to reduce the cough reflex, not down to zero, because then you'll have aspiration. But it is to normalize the cough reflex sensitivity. And that is the way to tackle it, is to get at the hypersensitivity. Excellent. So um, thank you very much for sharing with us all these uh, important, exciting uh, information. Thanks very much for this uh, very nice discussion. Once again, I strongly recommend to read uh, your two uh, task force derived articles and the related editorial uh, published in the November issue of the ERJ. And um, I thank you for uh, taking the time to have with us some discussion on CAF. Well, I'd like to thank you, Mark, for your support uh, and the, the editorial process of, of the journals. You've been most helpful and um, an excellent job. Well done. Thank you. Uh, thanks, uh, Lynn. And I would like to emphasize that the journal is, uh, is very much uh, supportive of these very important results on common uh, clinical problems in respiratory medicine. Thanks, Aline. This was uh, Marc Imbert, Chief Editor of the European Respiratory Journal, discussing today with Professor Aline Morris from the University of Hull uh, on chronic cough. Thanks again.